0: Good morning and welcome to our pre-recorded service here at Church of the Palms on the second Sunday of Advent. We invite you to find a quiet place at home away from distraction and to also download a bulletin from the website so you can follow along. We um, would love for you to light a couple of candles to join us with the Advent lighting and also um, if you would prepare your elements as we will be taking communion today. Let us prepare to worship God.
1: Today, the second Sunday of Advent, we will light the candle that symbolizes peace. Listen to the sculpture reading from Isaiah chapter 11, verses one through two and 69, which reveals the good news. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse, from his roots a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him the spirit of wisdom and understanding, of the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of knowledge and of fear of the Lord. The wolf will live with the lamb, the leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion yearling together, and a little child will lead with them. The cow will feed the bear, the young will lie down together, the lion will eat straw like the ox, the infant will play near the cobra's den, and the young child will put its hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm or destroy on the holy, my holy mountain. For the earth will be filled with knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. We light this candle today in preparation for the coming of Christ. Let us worship God.
2: As the prophet Isaiah said, we have all sinned and become unclean like a filthy cloth. We all fade like a leaf and our iniquities like the wind takes us away. Not one of us is clean, but there is mercy for those who call on the name of the Lord. Trusting in God's grace, let us call on God and let us confess our sin. God of glory, we confess that we have not recognized you in our midst, nor listened for your voice. Our faith is fragile and our iniquity goes unrecognized amid our massive self-concern. We have lived as if we have no need to account for the life we have been given. Our church is focused more on our own survival than on its mission in the world. We come to you today with sincere repentance for our neglect. We have failed to prepare the way for Christ's entry into our everyday environment. Pardon and change us, we pray, in Jesus' name, amen. Every valley is lifted up, every mountain made low. Now the glory of the Lord is revealed, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken, Friends, believe the good news of the Gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. As God's forgiven children, we affirm our faith together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, who was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence He shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, and the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Now, please pass the peace of the Lord to be with anybody who is with you and peace be with you from all of us as well.
0: Welcome to this second Sunday in Advent. We are delighted that you have joined us in worship today. I have a few announcements for you. First, I want to give you an update on the angel tree adoptions. Drum roll, you did it. We adopted every single angel. Congratulations, thank you so much for your love and support. As of this recording, we still have 29 openings for the Salvation Army bell ringing. I realize that COVID adds a level of complexity to this activity, and you need to know that our very most important priority is your safety. So if this is an activity that just counts you out this year, we understand. However, if you are able to don a mask and ring a bell, we need you more than ever this year for that important ministry. Of course, you can sign up online or you can call the front office. And now we get to talk about Christmas. As we prepare for Christmas, we invite you to attend the Music of Advent on Wednesday nights at 6.30 with Genevieve on Zoom. This Wednesday, on December 9th, Dr. Morgan Roberts will join Genevieve for a conversation on Christmas carols. You'll remember that Morgan wrote that lovely book, 28 Carols to Sing at Christmas. I imagine Genevieve will be playing a little Christmas music, so all you need is your hot chocolate and your computer, and then please register to join in that experience. And now we're just going to take a real quick look at the week of Christmas. The very first day, Monday, December 21st, we will have our longest night service at 6 o'clock, in person, in the Campus Center. Because it's in person, we will ask that you register for that service. We also hope to stream it online so that you can watch it. As you know, it is a beautiful contemplative service where we have opportunities to light candles and remember those we love. It is a very healing place, and we hope that you will join us if that is helpful to you this season. We have a slew of christmas services you can find all of the details on our website we'll be out at siesta beach again on christmas eve eve at five o'clock we'll be right here on campus at at three, five, seven, and nine. The three o'clock is the only one that's in the sanctuary, so we would ask you to register for that online. Five, seven, and nine will be this amazing new experience under the stars in our courtyard. We'll get to sing Christmas carols and hear the Christmas story. Again, all the details are on our website or in your bulletin, so please look there. And finally, We will be live streaming a full Christmas Eve service on Christmas Eve that will be pre-recorded and you will be able to access that at 7 p.m. And that way you can worship God in this sacred day from the safety of your home. Well, we would like to continue our worship now with our moment of gratitude. I would love for each of us to pause for just a moment to think of one thing we are grateful for. Perhaps we could all begin each day by naming those things that we are grateful for. We could say it out loud over a dinner with our family, we could write it down, or maybe we could just let it wash over us silently. Gratitude has a way of opening our spirit, putting us in a position to receive and to give love. Because we worship a God who is exceedingly generous and good, we have so much to give thanks for. One of the ways we express our gratitude to God is, of course, through our offering. Whether you give back to God electronically or by writing a check, May your gifts come from a heart that is overflowing with gratitude for a God who is bursting with wondering love.
3: us pray while we are waiting and preparing for christ to appear we are seeking O god to act as faithful followers may the offerings made today extend the promise of salvation to people whose lives are broken by neglect abuse and tragedy may these gifts offer hope to all those who suffer loss and the loss seems too heavy to bear May our church be a listening, caring presence for its members and through us for all those we encounter. Amen. Good morning. My name is Miss Sarah. Now is the time for the children's moment. So I uh, hope the children will come closer to whatever device you are watching on uh, today. And I will, um, while you do that, provide a couple of updates about our youth group. We are having our Christmas parties this week. So more information about that can be found on our website. So on the 9th, we're celebrating with middle school, and on the 13th, with high school. Then the following Wednesday, December 16th, we're going to a drive in concert. Drive-ins are back thanks to COVID. Uh, and so we will, in cars, all of us masked, be heading to Orlando to see the, um, uh, the band for King and Country in their Christmas program. So if you are interested in that, certainly reach out to me, Miss Sarah, and I can tell you more. Or you can find information on our website. But children, I am here today to talk to you about news, okay? So I know that there's a lot of news nowadays, and there's many, many ways to get news. And it can be hard to know where to get good news, and what news is true news, and what news is sort of made-up news. Well, before there was the Internet... Because there's a time before there was the internet, and there was a time before there were phones that you could carry around in your pocket. We had newspapers. We still have newspapers. In fact, Sarasota has a really good newspaper called the Herald Tribune. And so for a long time, people got news from newspapers. Well, before there were newspapers, there was something called town criers. Isn't that a funny name, a crier? And they would walk the streets in their villages, and they would ring bells. So I got a bell, and they'd say, hear ye, hear ye. And they would stand on street corners, and they would shout out the news, because they had to get the news to the people somehow. So all the people knew that there was an important meeting or something important had happened. And even after newspapers came, newspaper boys and girls would go around the streets and they'd say, extra, extra, read all about it, and they'd shout out that day's headlines, and they'd hope that someone would come and buy their papers, and that they would know what they needed to know. Well, long before Jesus was born, God spoke through the prophet Isaiah to tell him how he was going to bring good news to the people, and this is what God said to Isaiah. I will send my messenger to prepare the way. He will be a voice of one crying in the desert. Prepare the way for the coming of the Lord. Clear the road for him. How about that? I think people must have been very curious about who the messenger was going to be. Well, now we know that many, many years later, a baby was born named John. A different baby was born named John, and he was the messenger that Isaiah was talking about. And John had really important news. John the Baptist was the messenger that God chose to bring his good news to his people. John was sort of a strange fella, unusual, maybe strange isn't the right word, unusual fellow. He wore clothes made out of camel hair and he liked to eat bugs and honey. And he traveled around the desert and he preached that people should repent of their sins and turn to God. Repent means to tell God when you know that you've done something wrong and that you're gonna stop doing it. But John also had some really important news. Ready? Someone is coming, he said, someone who is greater than I am. He is so much greater that I'm not even worthy to stoop down and untie the straps on his sandals. John told people about Jesus, and that is the most important news of all. It's the truest news of all, and it's been 2,000 years now since John came and God sent his son but God still needs messengers to spread the news. This year, as we celebrate Jesus' birth, won't you be God's messengers? How can we share the good news with other people? How can we tell them, Jesus has come and he'll come again? Will you pray with me? Dear God, we thank you for this very special time of year when we celebrate the birth of Jesus. There are many who don't know about Jesus. Help us to be your messengers and to share the good news. In Jesus' name, amen.
4: Well, doggone, I forgot my bell. I uh, probably need that for this message today. Thank you, Sarah. We are in the midst of our... uh, fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of patience as we make our way through this Advent season. What a wonderful fruit to be reflecting upon as we make our journey to Bethlehem, patiently waiting for the opportunity to celebrate the birth of the newborn King. And so to that end, we're reflecting on different characters of the Advent story and their own patiently waiting. And today we look at the story of Zechariah and Elizabeth as found in Luke chapter 1, Verses five through 23. Hear the word of God. In the days of King Herod of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly order of Abijah. His wife was a descendant of Aaron and her name was Elizabeth. Both of them were righteous before God, living blamelessly according to all the commandments and regulations of the Lord. But they had no children because Elizabeth was barren, and both were getting on in years. Once when he was serving as priest before God, and his section was on duty, he was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and offer incense. Now at the time of the incense offering, the whole assembly of the people were praying outside. And then there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was terrified, and fear overwhelmed him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will name him John. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great to the sight of the Lord. He must never drink wine or strong drink. Even before his birth, he will be be filled with the holy spirit he will turn many of the people of israel to the lord their god and with the spirit and power of elijah he will go before him to turn the hearts of parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the lord Zechariah said to the angel how will i know that this is so for i'm an old man and my wife is getting on in years The angel replied, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. But now, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time, you will become mute, unable to speak until the day these things occur. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondered at his delay in the sanctuary When he did come out, he could not speak to them, and they realized that he had seen a vision in the sanctuary. He kept motioning to them and remained unable to speak. When his time of service was ended, he went to his own home. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. By your grace, O God, and through your mercy, we pray that you will allow these words to come to point to the word just read and to the word made flesh in Jesus the Christ. For we pray this in his name. Amen. I saw an angel the other day. It was nearing dusk, and I was driving through our neighborhood when all of a sudden there was this light, a, a glowing light in the distance and And a second before there was no light, but now there was this light. So I inched slowly closer toward the light, and the closer I got, the more it took on a shape, and the closer I got still, the shape began to take a form, and the closer I got still, the form took on the figure of a human, an, an illumined human, an illumined human with robe and wings. I, it was standing on someone's front lawn, this angel transfigured in light. this angel whose light, as it turns out, was sore by the outlet of the house, the timer of which was triggered by the setting sun. This was the middle of November, and so it reminded me early that angels were coming. Prepare the way of the angels like migrating birds they left us about 10 months ago but now they're back and now they're all over the place on lawns on christmas cards on tv specials on bookstore shelves flip through the cable guide and there are angels fluttering all about we have angels in the outfield angels in our pocket angels named clarence and michael angels close enough to touch us there are angels all over the place I suppose in 2020, that's a good thing because we need angels and we like angels. Three out of every four of us believe in angels. One half of American adults believe they have a guardian angel and one third of American adults claim to actually have been in the presence of an angel. Angels poll really well and we sense their presence. Now, why do you think that is? Why is it that there are so many angels these days fluttering about? Is it because there are more angels making more appearances these days? Has, has God sent a few extra battalions of the heavenly host? Or, or is it because we are growing more and more fond of the idea that there might be something, someone out there who is watching over me? For it appears that angels these days have taken on the form of heavenly beings who quietly and mysteriously watch over us, give us a cozy sense of security, assist us in the things that we want done, and every once in a while protect us even from harm's way which is all well and good, for this is what we yearn for God to be. It's why we love Christmas so much, because angels are moving about and reminding us that God is still in his heavens, that there is this divine benevolence in our midst, and we and we love those Bible stories that tell us about how the angels come and bring help when Jesus, after his struggle in the wilderness, angels come and minister to him, and when Elijah falls exhausted in the desert and the angel comes and feeds him, we, We love those stories, signs of the divine benevolence. But then with a little deeper look into scripture, what we have learned is that these angels who bring with them the divine benevolence also have a way of scaring us out of our minds. More often than not, when angels show up in the Bible, they tend to terrify, turn worlds upside down, ask the impossible, tell the hard truth, surprise the dickens out of us, handicap us, and most of all, never leave us the same. An angel will never leave you the same. In fact, if your life has not been changed in some dramatic way, then you probably haven't been visited by an angel. So it makes sense that angels are showing up all over the place in the Advent story. The the world is about to be inalterably changed. People are about to have their lives turned upside down. So sure enough, angels show up. And that's what Luke tells us in his world-altering story, the story of Jesus, that the first thing that happens is an angel arrives, the angel Gabriel visits Zechariah. Old man Zechariah, the faithful priest in Jerusalem who has, along with his wife Elizabeth, been doing all the things they've been told to do. They have been living very righteous lives, but what remains is still an empty spot, an empty spot at their dining room table. They have no children, and having no children back in those days meant that God did not look favorably upon what you had tried to do, that there is something in your life that God is not happy with. Of course, we don't think that these days, but they did back then. Nevertheless, Zechariah keeps up with his duties as priest, and the lot falls to him to perform the most sacred of all duties, to enter in to the Holy of Holies and offer prayers on behalf of all the peoples. And it is in the Holy of Holies where Zechariah receives his visit from the angels. And this very holy man, this man practiced in the art of religion, this man who has very much been in tune with the sacred, who when the angel appears, gets scared out of his mind. And the angel says, be not afraid, because that's what angels always say, because that's what they tend to do to people. Make them afraid, be not afraid. Zechariah, your patience has grown thin, And you've maybe given up hope. And the last thing you think is going to happen is the very thing that is going to happen. Your beloved bride, Elizabeth, will soon be with child. And this child will usher in the Messiah. Now chalk it up to fear or surprise or disbelief, but Zechariah asked this interesting question. How shall I know? Which to me always seemed to be a strange question to ask because sooner or later, Zechariah is going to know. Sooner or later, he's going to know if Elizabeth is pregnant. All he needs to do is just wait long. Enough, he's going to know. Be patient long enough, he's going to know. But maybe Zechariah is a bit like you and me in that he doesn't want to have to wait. He needs to know something now, or else this whole angel thing might be for him a psychotic break. He wants to be sure now. He wants Amazon Prime now. How will I know? And that's when the angel gets really terrifying because that's when the angel says to Zechariah hush you want to know Zechariah you want to know well then you will be quiet and you will be silent and out of your quiet and out of your silence you will see and you will hear God doing God's thing out of your quiet and out of your silence you will see and hear God doing God's thing the first Advent for angel in the Advent story tells us to be quiet now if there's anything that you and I don't like to be told it is to be quiet When we were young and our parents told us to be quiet, we didn't like it. When we were older and our teachers told us to be quiet, we didn't like it. And as adults, when someone tells us to be quiet, we don't just not like it. We are offended by it, angered by it. How dare you tell me to be quiet? But God says, be quiet. It is this word, you see, of the first Advent angel that is perhaps the most significant spiritual invitation that God would have us receive in this season, and that is to be quiet, to be silent. For out of the quiet and the silence, we see and hear God doing God's thing and how true we know it to be that if we can recall maybe the holiest moments of our lives chances are our mouths were shut we weren't speaking we weren't we were listening and we and we heard god speak somehow some way we heard god speak we saw god do god's thing In John's great revelation that we find at the end of Scripture, there is that dramatic moment when the Lamb opens the seven seals of the word that God has for the world. And as the seven seals are opened, great and dramatic things are revealed, including the four horsemen of the apocalypse, the saints of heaven, the cosmic collapsing, and then finally comes the seventh seal, the the climactic seventh seal, the, the final revelation, and the Lamb opens the seventh seal and their silence complete silence and John says that it was in the silence that he saw when we are silent God has us to see and hear as I stood and witnessed the birth of my child. Oh, sure, there were doctors and nurses talking, and there were monitors beeping, and there was mother pushing. But then there came that moment when she appeared in the world, and there was just this one moment of silence. At least I was silent. Thank God I was silent because God was speaking. How silly for us to complain that God doesn't speak to us like he did to our mothers and fathers of long ago, when in fact we may with our noise not be letting God get a word in edgewise. The late Dallas Willard in his great book on prayer talks about prayer as you and I listening for God. And in the book he asks this penetrating question, are you living a listening life? Would it be a reasonable thing for God to attempt to speak to you? Be quiet, God says, at the risk of embarrassing us, at the risk of making us mad. God says, be quiet, be patient. I'm speaking and I'm doing. we are nine months into this COVID thing nine months nine months as long as elizabeth kept her child as long as zechariah shushed his mouth it's a long time to be quiet it's a long time to wait And we've been kicking and screaming and we are climbing the walls of our homes and we are desperate to be out and about and see people and talk to people and return to normal and fill our lives with chat and small talk and crowds. But then this angel comes and says, shh, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. The Lord of hosts is with us and these are pregnant moments. Let all mortal flesh keep silence and with fear and trembling stand ponder nothing earthly minded for with blessing in his hand Christ our God descendeth our full homage to demand. When asked what he would prescribe for the troubled world Soren Kierkegaard the great Danish philosopher said silence create silence so the angel quiets the old man for nine months he quiets the old man and without the sound of his own voice what do you think Zechariah might have heard and seen the beat of his own heart the breath of his own lungs the gentle sigh of his expectant wife, the leap of the child inside her womb, the song of cousin Mary, the movement of the stars, the play of the neighbor's children, the prayers of his fellow priests, the chorus of the crickets, the breath of the angels, still small voice inside calling him to some significant change what do you think he might have heard and seen in the imposed silence oh how reasonable it would have been for god to speak to him in that time that time when the old man went hush Be still, writes the psalmist, and know that I am God. Just be still. Do the world and yourself a favor and be still. For the time is pregnant, says the angel, and God is whispering. And oh, what new things are on their way.
0: We come to the table with words and sentences bumping around in your head. If you're like me, there is a lot of noise inside and out. We come to the table with expectations, with a bit of sorrow from all of the loss we have been witnessing and experiencing with some sin that still seems to be clinging to us with a tinge of regret. We come to the table hungry for connection, longing to be whole. We come to the table searching for peace, afraid to hope. Friends, Jesus opens his arms wide and he invites us to this table just as we are. And he says, hush, child quiet yourself and listen Jesus says you are loved and you belong to me do not be afraid because I am with you always even to the end of the age hush come to the table listen and believe Now hear the words of the institution of the Lord's Supper. On the night our Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took bread, he gave thanks, and he broke it. He gave it to his disciples, and he said, this is my body broken for you. Take and eat and remember me. In the same way after supper Jesus took the cup and said this cup is the new covenant in my blood poured out for you all for the forgiveness of sins. Do this and remember me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death and resurrection until he comes again. And friends, he will come again.
2: Let us pray. Eternal God, as you led your people in ages past, you direct our journey into the future. We give you thanks that you came to us in Jesus Christ, and we eagerly await his coming again, that his rule may be complete and your righteousness reign over all the world. Then we will feast at his royal banquet and sing his praises with the choirs of heaven, By your Spirit, open our eyes to the generosity of your hand and nurture our souls in all gifts of the fruits of the Spirit, we pray. Almighty God, as we feast at your table, we remember your children, those who are in need of your healing, comforting, protecting, and companionship in their lives. We lift each and every one of them into your care. Remembering your gracious acts in Jesus Christ, we take from your creation of this bread and this wine and joyfully celebrate his dying and rising as we await for the coming of our Prince of Peace. Fill us with, your, with gratitude overflowing that we may share life and love in praise to you, God of all ages. Through Christ, with Christ, in Christ, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, All glory and honor are yours, almighty God, now and forever. Now we pray our prayer together as Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, this is the gift of God for the people of God. Let us now feast at our Lord's table by eating the bread and drinking of the cup.
1: let us
4: pray God of grace thank you for this bread and cup and for the gift of your son Jesus you are truly Emmanuel God with us in this season of hope may the meal that we've shared together nourish us to be your body in the world that we might have the wisdom to understand the mystery of this table and the depth, and the height, and the breadth, and the length of your love for us. Strengthen us, we pray, to be followers of you in the best possible way, and to be a community of peace in a broken world. All of this we pray in the name of our Lord Jesus,
5: Emmanuel. Amen. we mm-hmm.